And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Uh, Jimmy Lemke, uh, who you can find on Twitter at PantherU, uh, will not be joining me today. Uh, he'll be back uh, a little later on in the probably next episode, and you can always follow us on Twitter, on the podcast on Twitter, at HorizonRT. So, this is a pretty big week, because we are now getting into games that count, and joining us on this episode is the voice of the Oakland Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. Bob, what's going on, man? Great to be with you guys. I'm, I'm disappointed Jimmy's a no-go today. I was looking forward to that moment. I always enjoy uh, his banter on Twitter. But uh, that's all right, Bob. You, you, and, you and I will hold it down, man. We'll be all right. Yes. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't have a choice, Bob. We don't. <laughs> as always, I will soldier on. As I as I as I want to do so, um, so so Neil, you have uh, so so Neil, you've been the the radio voice of the of Oakland uh, for for quite some time now, and I understand that you, you now will be uh, will be seeing you a little bit more on television. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I've, I've been doing the uh, I've been doing the television here at Oakland for the last couple of years as well. Uh, our games locally are broadcast on network TV on TV twenty. Um, which we had a, a pretty good deal of success in terms of viewership. So that's something that's been a lot of fun. I mean, uh, yeah, I've talked about it on social media. Love it up, man. I, I really do. It, it's the best. Um, I, I can't wait to show up for work every single day. I, just, I love what I do. I, I love the you know the juice that gets flowing uh, right before the right before the camera comes on or before they the, they turn the microphones on to do radio and all that kind of stuff. I've been in the best arenas. In the country, I mean, everywhere from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, out to Poly Pavilion, UCLA, and, and everywhere in between. So I've kind of lived, uh, kind of lived a dream in, in that respect, where I've been able to—that's uh, my office. And every every single day, these places are my office. Four thousand people inside the arena. And that place gets rocking and gets crazy. It's it's a great job, man. I love doing it. Great, great. Um, I would be I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there there may be an aspect of your job you're not going to like too much. Um, um, to, to give you all a little bit of background, Neil is not a fan of candy corn. In fact, if I understand no. it correctly, you absolutely <laughs> loathe it. Yeah, well, I, I don't think there are any fans of candy corn out there. I don't understand. You know, at the stores, right? They just keep bringing the same stock out from last year, well, and they put they it do. back out there because can't yeah because candy corn is just like a colored chemical wax, so it'll, it'll it would last forever. If ever the 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 big day happened and and the nuclear winter hit, the candy corn would make it through to the other side. This this stuff is grotesque. It's awful. And yes, I do hate it. And I don't understand how anyone can like it. I don't I don't think there are any people that like it. I think the people that say they do like it are just those contrarian types. That just want to be different than everybody else. Deep down, they hate it too. Yeah, I think it probably kind of ranks up there with uh, with with, uh, with circus peanuts as as things that no question. Yes. So um, so unfortunately, um, I, I, and I should say it shouldn't say unfortunately, but uh, th- this this hatred, this sheer seething hatred of candy corn, um, has actually spawned into uh, spawned to something that's a, that's a, a pretty good cause. So uh, you know. What's the uh, what are kind of the, the the particulars about that? Yeah, so essentially we we locked on with a new uh, broadcasting sponsor this year, uh, Real Team Real Estate. 
uh, is, is our presenting sponsor now for our radio broadcast or a television commercial partner as well. And I just got to, to talk with those folks and, and I've been hired by them to kind of be a spokesman for their company as well. So yeah, I just, I got to know those folks over there and Tom Brady that owns it. And it that, that's one of the community partners that they work with. And one of our fans on Twitter, uh, said, Hey, how much to charity for you to eat 20 pieces of candy corn? So I was sitting there thinking about it and I said, man, that would have to be a lot of money uh, <laughs> in, in order, in, in order to do that. But you know, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that to myself. You know, there's no amount of money for myself personally that I would, sure. that I would eat the candy corn for. Um, but one of the, uh, one of the charitable causes out there that Real Team Real Estate works with is a place called Life Remodeled. And essentially what they do is they take their donations and everything that goes in, people volunteer their time and, and they rebuild the neighborhoods of Detroit. And in some of in some of the more you know blighted areas, they'll go in there and they'll rebuild things. And, and I I have a lot of respect for what they do because I, I'm a I'm a big guy. That I'm a big believer in this. Where we 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 all see things, right? And we say, "Wow, that's a shame." And then we go to Starbucks and get our coffee and download some iTunes songs and move on. But we don't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just as guilty as everybody else. I, I'm I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say. Well, you know, somebody should really do something about that when I see something I don't like, and then I move on and turn on my phone or whatever. And the, the people at Life Remodel are actually doing it. They're putting hammers to nails and, and building and improving and leaving things better than they found it. Really, when when it all when it all ends for all of us, what do we have, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your legacy and the stuff you did, and, and how did you improve things? You know, how did you give back instead of take? And I, I have a lot of admiration for those folks and what they do. So we came up with the number. There's a GoFundMe. It's, we're almost to that number right now. I said for $500, uh, $500 donation to, to Life Remodeled, I would eat 20 pieces of candy corn at halftime of our season opening game on camera on ESPN Plus Nationwide, TV20 in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at halftime of that game, I, I will eat 20 pieces of candy corn on camera. And then I'll probably vomit into a garbage can. Uh, we'll go to commercial, and then we'll come back, and I'll try to do the second half of the game. Ah, all right. Um, so just I'm not, so- I'm not promising. I'm not promising the vomit. By the way, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> so don't don't donate thinking, hey, I just because there are people out there, Bob, that are like that. That say, hey, I'd love to see this guy throw up on my TV, so I'll go ahead and do it. But uh, I'm not promising I'm going to throw up. I, I'm, I'm just fearful that I will. Ah, yes. Um, well, yeah, it, yeah. So um, just so you know, um, and I'm glad you mentioned that. So. Um, I, on behalf of the Horizon Roundtable, will actually be. In fact, I'm doing it right now. I am. I am chipping in fifty dollars for this oh, wow. uh, for this wow, donation. Wow. So, uh, man. so everybody. Uh, so I, I got. So everybody, just make sure that uh, it, it is again a great cause, and um, and I'm not just doing this just because of the the spectacular the spectacle that will happen on on November 9th especially since um as a Cleveland state fan I probably won't even uh, I might be watching cuz but anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> Um, you know, you know, your Bob. You know, you're going to turn it on for halftime because you want to, you want to see the, tra- you want to see the train wreck that is somebody eating candy corn. Uh, you want to see it. Don't. Yeah, you I, can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. Mm, yeah, I know. I, I, I don't, well, possibly. I, I, I assume that I will. So I'm actually, I'm doing that right now. Uh, I, on behalf of Yield Horizon Roundtable, will be, will be donating fifty dollars for for this cause. I. Um, That's awesome. We're, 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 we're actually doing the we. I I just I did this same thing um, earlier this uh, previously because um, as because uh, Greg Campy was raising money uh, was raising money for uh, 
for cancer awareness. Um, right. And, of course, he had promised uh, that if he had got, I think it was $15,000, that he would dye his hair pink. So, um, you know. And, it's, it, yeah, it's trending that way like it's going to happen. Yes. So there you go. So, all right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, it is on goal. It is on GoFundMe. Just uh, do a search on uh, uh, Neil. You can do a search on Neil Rule or do a search on Candy Corn for Charity. Um, yeah, Candy that, Corn for Charity, absolutely. Candy no, Corn for Charity. real, though, man. I, I, I'm blown away by that. Thank you, my friend. Hey, no problem, no problem. You know, any little bit, as I as I know, any little bit helps. And um, I've been kind of on a charity kick this year, so not a problem. But uh, – but um, the other thing I, would, I, I did want to kind of talk about uh, today is now, and I, it is now obviously that this will kind of be relevant to you as uh, you know being being the voice of the Golden Grizz um, is that there was a, there has been a report that the that Oakland University itself is on is actually in negotiations to create to. Purchase the currently vacant palace at Auburn Hills. Um, now, mind you, I'm not really now. It put this to me in perspective. I'm not kind of familiar with uh, with the geography of the Oakland University area. Where is Auburn Hills as it relates to uh, Oakland University? Oh, well, technically, half of Oakland University is in Auburn Hills. Gotcha. Um, okay. So it, it, yeah, it's really basically it's about an eight minute drive okay. from. From the arena to the Palace of Auburn Hills. Sure. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. Um, so now I under, as I understand it, um, now I know that this, this might have a couple of different ramifications potentially um, as it relates to Oakland. Obviously, Oakland's home home arena is the arena. That's you know, and from from what it sounds like, they got a huge home field advantage when they when they pack the arena. Um, but one of the other things that I was that we've we've been to, we've talked about on the show, um, and this is just one potential scenario, is that um, obviously this is going to be the last year of Motor City Madness at uh, Little Caesars Arena, and mm-hmm. the Horizon League is looking for uh, another potential place to host the Horizon League tournament, and one of the provisions of that is that. The, um, the 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 venue cannot be a primary home venue for any of the Horizon League schools. Now, mm-hmm. potentially with the purchase of uh, the Palace at Auburn Hills, that would not be considered the primary venue for Oakland. It would just be something they have that they can you know they can uh, host you know everything from concerts to. Um, and one of the other things I understand is that uh, Oakland is looking to get into Division One hockey as well. Um, would that be? Would there be? What would the potential be for if Oakland purchased the Palace of Auburn Hills to put their head in the ring to host the tournament? Yeah, I mean, well, again, and, and those are all thirty-five thousand foot decisions that, that sure. go on. It's not something you know mm-hmm. that as a department. We don't really have any information or any knowledge sure. of those discussions or anything that's no. going on like that. But you and I just sitting around, just just rapping about it, just talking mm-hmm. about it. You know, yeah, is it something that that intrigues me? That would excite me uh, as, as an employee of Oakland? Sure, I mean, absolutely, mm-hmm. it would. As, as an alum, an Oakland alum as well. 
Uh, certainly, that that would be very exciting because that the Palace of Auburn Hills has withstood the test of time. Uh, mm. Even when they closed it and the Pistons moved back downtown, it was still one of the better NBA venues sure. in, in all the league. And I, I've been in a lot of the NBA arenas, and that one, that one certainly I would put up there with anybody with anybody's building or any anything like that. It is a great building, so. I mean, the the talk is certainly exciting. As a guy that's you know given a a, lot, a large part of my life to Oakland, being as a student and now mm-hmm. there as an employee at Oakland, yeah, it's certainly you know exciting discussions and stuff like that. And I'll be locked in. I'll be closely uh, following along with everything that goes on, just the same way everybody else will. But yeah, I mean, it, it is exciting, and it is something that would potentially open a lot of doors if something like that were to happen. Sure, sure, and and more to the point, would technically keep Motor City Madness being Motor City Madness. So, yeah, I mean, whatever you know, <laughs> however that that type of stuff breaks out too. The, the the people at the Horizon League, I I know I know what's important to them, and and they like to keep it. They like to they want their Horizon League conference tournament to to be the experience for everybody that that March Madness basketball is. And being when I started this job with Oakland, we were in the Summit League, and we had to go to Sioux Falls. And we played our our conference tournament in Sioux Falls every year, and mm-hmm. it was it was a lot of fun. Like I mean, you know, South Dakota State was was about an hour away uh, from Sioux Falls, roughly mm-hmm. give or take. Um, so certainly, when they played, you know, they had a they had an advantage in terms of number of fans in the stands. But I just I I love that when you walk into that neutral court, that you know when you, when you're in that building and it's March Madness, all the other conference tournaments are going on. I I really think that neutral court separate venue is really the true experience for March Badness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not I, I'm not a, a big, you know, hosting you know, hosting it at, at a you know a, a member a member's building or anything like that. Okay. I, I just I like that feel. I really do like that feel of the quote unquote neutral court and, and the whole experience of March Madness. That that's what really encapsulates it for me. Sure. Yeah, and I know what I, I know the location the kind of the tournament uh, conference tournament location is been as I'm sure you can appreciate the subject of a great debate among Horizon Le- Horizon League fans. I know when we did the uh, the fall fan forum that came up as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, right. I this is kind of one of those occasions where I wish Jimmy was on here because I know he w- he has some opinions about this as well. Um, and yeah. so so yeah, the, it it'll probably be something that we uh, will continue to discuss as the Horizon League continues to the process. Personally, I have been of the opinion that somehow the that somehow the the tournament will end up back in Indianapolis personally mostly because I thought that um I was a big fan of thinking uh, I thought in my own personal opinion I thought the 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 location you know just the 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 geographical location of Indianapolis suited uh was better suited but you know that I again that's that's going to be a discussion that will probably be Witnessing as, as we move a little further uh, into the season, so um, right. So one of the other things. Speaking of which, um, obviously this week, you know, we, we finally get some games that count, and uh, the the the. I, I don't honestly, I don't really take all that much stock in the exhibition games. I, um, you know, 
uh, as a Cleveland as a Cleveland State fan, obviously I was really happy that they you know they waxed their uh, their exhibition opponent by forty seven points. Um, if I'm a Detroit fan, I'm a little worried that I came this close to losing to Wayne State in the in the exhibition three years in a row. Um, but by and large, um, one of the things I guess my uh, I guess my question to you. Um, would be, and maybe not necessarily specific to Oakland, but in general, because um, I know Oakland, uh, and you can actually just speak to this about Oakland. Um, what is the kind of the benefit of the exhibition in getting getting these Horizon League schools ready for the uh, specifically for for the non conference um, that's coming up this week? Hey, Bob. Sorry about that, man. I it was cutting out on me. I got you. I I, I picked up the the gist of the question uh, with sure. what you were saying. Uh-huh. But um, yeah. So I, I mean, look, it's the only thing that that people have to go on. So naturally, uh-huh. they're gonna they're gonna sure. you know, draw a lot of conclusions from that. But people with these exhibitions, but people need to keep in mind if you're a coach, you're these things serve a purpose in that you're trying to figure things out and you're trying to to see what works you're trying to see who works with who and it, it's really experimental and these games and, and you see that right you, you see that where teams will lose to a division two school and, and it's becoming more and more common sure. and it's just a situation where if you're a coach you're trying to figure some things out and obviously if it were a game in the season a lot of times you would coach it differently and do the mm-hmm. matchups differently but it's an exhibition and you're, you're trying to figure out exactly what you have and exactly where you want to put everybody and, and sure. all those types of things. So people need to remember that when, when you see some of the games, there, there's combinations that are out on the floor that would n- typically not be out on the floor mm-hmm. if the games were games of record. So, I mean, people need to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. Now, you know, d- nobody ever wants to lose. I mean, <laughs> anytime no. you, you, you go out on the floor, you know, you want to win. That's why you're there. That's why you're playing the game. But uh-huh. With all that being said, I, I I'm of that opinion too, and it's just that we sometimes we make a little bit too much of these exhibition results because people remember what's everybody's take on exhibition football, like NFL preseason football. Nobody cares with what what happens in there. Nobody except ever cares. I don't, I don't know why. Except if you're a Browns fan, football. Neil. Except if you're a Browns <laughs> fan. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, but but again, though, I mean, it's the same thing, right? It's sure. an exhibition game where, where the results don't count and they don't matter. Yep. And that's what it is. I mean, people do get a little worked up, and, and I know why. It's because that's all, you, that's all you've seen. That's all you have to go on. So I get it. I just, well, I like exhibition football. I just can't mm-hmm. wait till we get it going for real this week. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I and you know to your point, and I'm gonna. I want to allude to the. Uh, I want to allude to the to the Detroit game a little bit. You're talking about a situation where Mike Davis is in a complete rebuild over there, and so he's sure. got to figure out what's work uh, what works. So, um, and you know, well, and obviously, he's, and he's got to he's got to take a look at everything. Yeah, too. absolutely. I mean, from man one to man twelve. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got to figure out exactly what you work with. That was a great hire uh, by Detroit, by the way. Uh, that, yes. that really, I really double clutched when I saw that. He's he's going to be a factor. He's going to have the he's going to have Detroit being a factor in the Horizon League pretty soon. Good because we need it. <laughs> <laughs> we were down last year, so yeah, I'm a. Um, 
which we were down last year, and so as I'm looking at this, and speaking of you know the, all the preseason, because obviously we're looking at all of the preseason rankings. Everybody's got you know doing their prognostications for for the season, and some of uh, some folks are doing you know the the full you know the full and all every NCAA team ranking them and everything. Um, and I look at – and I've been looking at – I've noticed a trend specifically among kind of the national guys is that the as, – as down as the Horizon League was this last year, it, it, it seems to me that a lot of the national guys are carrying that kind of down year over into the next year. And I want to get your – I kind of wanted to get your assessment of um, – if there's any kind of weight to that, I, I mean, I, we've had conversations about that um, in episodes past, and I, I'm of the opinion that it's not exactly. I thought we had bottom last year. I think it, the the league's got nowhere to go but up. Um, and but from you know my as I say that, it seems to me that you know not everybody shares my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, in in the world and time and space where I live in, the national guys, I, with all due respect to all of them, and, and mm-hmm. certainly as, as a guy that calls Horizon League games, certainly I'm grateful for, for the coverage that they do any time the Horizon League can get the mentions nationally from the national guys. I'm all about it, but with all due respect to everyone, I wouldn't I wouldn't have you ask me to break down the ACC because I don't know. I don't live in that world. Mm-hmm. Um when it, when I when I roll into a building, I'm ready to go, and and I'll be ready to call, I'll be ready to call the Toledo game on Friday when when Toledo comes into the arena, and then subsequently when Western Michigan comes in the, the following week, I'll be I'll be brushed up on my Mac notes and, and be ready to go because I owe that to the audience to to be as informed as possible. But with all that being said, I'm not around the ACC, so for me to offer up an opinion for something that I don't. I don't particularly spend a, a lot of time on looking at. I mean, I watch it on TV like everybody else when I'm not working. But I mean, it, it's unless you know, you don't know. As dumb mm-hmm. as that sounds, and I'm I'm very capable of saying dumb things. But, it, but unless you know, <laughs> you don't know. And, and that's and and that's that's really what I what I see with with the mid major game. A lot of people are more reactionary to what happens than than proactionary in that they they think they know. And, and mm-hmm. I think I know. You think you know. We all, we all have our opinions that, that we have cooked up right now. But sure. the beautiful thing about it is they're going to play it out on the floor, and we're going to find That's out right. exactly uh, what what the scenarios are. So, I mean, you know, for some national people to offer up that uh, this is going to be a bad year for the Horizon League, I mean, I don't know that I buy all that because Drew McDonald uh, at Northern Kentucky, he uh, – he, he's amassed quite a resume uh, sure. in the in the award section of his resume. It's getting pretty stocked. And Loud and Love mm-hmm. is a good player. I mean, that yes. guy's an absolute beast. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there's there's players in this league. There's always players in this league. Sure. And you know, it, it's it's one of those situations. That the team I cover, Oakland, in a bit of a transition. This is the first time I can remember where we don't have a, a quote unquote NBA caliber player. You know, the the Keith Bensons mm-hmm. into the Kay Felders and the Travis Baders, and then moving up. You know, into the Kendrick Nuns and, and guys that are, you know, have some NBA clock uh, on their mm-hmm. resume. And right now, we're just right now in, at Oakland in terms of, of how that works out. We're in a bit of a transition year, but sure. you can't question you can't question the talent that Greg Campy's sure. put through there and all the statistical national champions that that he's produced. I mean, the, mm-hmm. you don't have to believe me; believe the resume. Sure. You know, check the facts. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things too where it ebbs and flows, and, and in, we notice that a little bit more in the mid-major level where. 
teams like Kentucky and UCLA and stuff like that can just can just re replenish the coffers right away with a couple of five stars and a couple of McDonald's All Americans and mm-hmm. and away you go and and a little bit more cultivation of talent in in the mid major game and look I'll be honest with you too I mean the the way the way that we're seeing the transfer rules be applied and everything like that 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 hasn't done mid major basketball any favors I mean let's just be real about it that's that's yeah. the kind of space I live in we can talk about it that. That hasn't helped the, the way that that's been set up, but that's another discussion for another day. Uh, that's a discussion. I know that's a discussion we've had many times, and it, yeah, that that vein in my head always pops out. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you you guys you look Cleveland State, man. Look at that. A couple of years ago, look, uh, look at that roster they would have had, man. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's, it's it's incredible. It, it's yes. absolutely incredible, and the rug kind of got pulled off from under you guys with with what happened there. And I don't I don't know the particulars of it or anything like that. Yeah, that's- but I'm, it's I'm that, that was a kind of a perfect storm, and yeah, I I, I know if it every time I hear about it, yeah, it's one of those, yeah. Unfortunately, there's you know, it it's one of those situations where, it, and, and it's funny you mentioned that it was the Cleveland State situation because I know um, when talking to you know reading up on and talking to you know Dennis Felton who's over at Cleveland State now, um, he's kind of 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 the mindset that okay you have these transfers but then you also can potentially bring some folks in um which right. he which he did with uh, which he which he's doing this year he's got Al Javon Eichelberger coming in from DePaul so um he kind of sees i i see from that standpoint he kind of sees kind of that you know it's a it, it's a new ball game it's kind of a little fluid whereas pretend, whereas you know previously um I'm a big Gary Waters guy but I also saw you know near the end he was uh, I don't want to say giving up but he was he was trying some things that have not worked for him in the past to kind mm-hmm. of you know as kind of a stopgap measure and it, it just um and I but yeah, it's one of those things. But and I also see it within within the you know. And Northern Kentucky has had issues with transfers as well. But at the same time, they've also brought some. You know, they they still have retained you know a pretty high caliber of talent. Um, right. Well, and you know, you know what's funny about it too, Bob is yeah. Like we're we're talking about the perception of of the of the league being down or, or the talent sure. of the league being down. I would mm-hmm. I would flip that around and say. The coaching, I'm, I'm venturing a guess, the coaching has never been better uh, in yeah. this league. And, and we're, ta- we're talking about Den- the Dennis Felton for the world that, mm-hmm. again, you can't question his resume. You no. can't. I mean, he's done it. He's been there. Well, well, to, to be fair, Neil, I actually initially did question his resume and then was proven wrong very, very quickly. <laughs> very quickly, exactly. And, and well, that, when like, I say very quickly, I mean it's a tournament time because he, uh, you know, he had he had the run of the tournament. So yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I, was, I mean, yeah. I was an open, he, he, I was an open it. naysayer, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm on board now. <laughs> Hey, it takes it takes a man to uh, to admit when when he's wrong. No doubt, no doubt about that, Bob. But yeah, I mean, you're probably in there with Mike Davis now at Detroit. Yeah. Obviously, we know Greg Campy is as accomplished as any coaches in in all of college basketball. Uh-huh. So I would flip that on its ear and say uh, the coaching maybe has has never been better in this league from top to bottom in terms of the coaches that that are in this league now. There's some name brands in there. there there's sure. no doubt. It won't it won't be long. It, it it's this is mid major. Mid-major at Division One athletics, it, yeah. it works in the cycle. That's just the way mm-hmm. it's always been. 
Yeah. So I'm I'm actually glad you brought up kind of the situation in Oakland and for me it's kind of uh, for me Oakland's kind of a wild card because I'm not uh, I uh, I first and foremost I kind of wasn't used to them kind of being a little down last year. I know they had obviously some real issues with with injuries and everything, um, and so that that did not help their cause last year. Um, so from somebody who from, from kind of an outsider's perspective, what do you kind of make of what do you make of their chances this year? You know, kind of what do you, what do you make of their chances this year? Is this kind of a is this kind of a rebuilding year, or is this one of those never underestimate Greg Campy years? Um, I, I'm I'm actually genuinely intrigued as to kind of where what direction they're heading in because honestly, it, it for me it's kind of undiscovered country with them to see kind of where they're at, not having any idea where they're going to be this year. Well, it's it's funny because I was I was trying to figure out a way to de- to describe what I thought this season was going to be for Oakland, and then Coach Campy put it best at our media day that we had uh, last week uh, over at the arena, and then he just said it. Yeah, I thought perfectly. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what I have. I don't I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, again, we don't have that that NBA caliber player and it's the first time in a long time that's mm-hmm. been the situation at Oakland so I think this thing will be kind of a work in progress uh, as things go he, he's he's going to have to he's going to have to coach a, a little bit more I, I guess you would say from that perspective in that it's going to be a little bit harder work because you don't have the NBA guy because we you know when, when you have Kendrick Nunn everyone's a good coach when you got Kendrick Nunn on the floor or Kay Felder on the floor um, you know you have to figure out ways to, to make all that work but he he talked about that at media day. He said, "I don't know," and, and that guy kind of second that. <laughs> You're looking for me to answers, man. I don't have any for you. We're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to jump it up in the air and, and see what the story is. And for the first time in a long time, but we don't know <laughs> coming coming into the season. So I wish I wish I had something cutting edge. Uh, some okay. fancy broadcast talk for you. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, speaking of broadcast, uh, I know there's one gentleman, new gentleman on your team that I swear he follows, he does follow the Horizon League, uh, Horizon Roundtable on Twitter. Um, sadly, I'm not even going to attempt to try to pronounce his name. <laughs> oh, Dan, Dan Waterstrat. Yeah, he was, uh, he's a former player, uh, at Oakland. He's a local kid here in the in the Detroit area. Went to uh, went to Rutgers initially, then transferred here to Oakland. Played a pro over in Romania for a few years uh, after the college days were over. And uh, I actually, before Matt Derry and I did the games the last couple of years, Dan Waterstrat was a guy I did games with for uh, two seasons before that uh, when when K when K Felder was here and in, in sure. his prime. So Dan, Dan and I have experience together. Plus, he's a great dude. A, he's just a good dude all around, but B, he's a good dude to work with. Like, he really likes to have fun. You know, we, we cut it up a little bit on, on the broadcast. You know, we'll goof around a little bit, uh, maybe sure. a little bit more than most would. But I, I don't know, I, I kind of like it better that way. I, I always said with my, I don't want my announcers to be too announcery, if that sure. makes any sense. Um, uh, by the know, way, I, I was, rather, I, go ahead. Sawani Babatunde was who I was referring to. And I'm sure oh, I butchered yeah. that. <laughs> Uh, you, no, you weren't. You weren't too bad. Uh, Sumumi, Baba Tunde okay. Sumumi. So there, you were. You were. See, that, I missed the, the end there. So that's what, yeah. <laughs> Got to get a better <laughs> pair of glasses. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, so, I'm, I'm, yeah. We're we're intrigued. He's a beast, man. There's no doubt. Yeah, because he's a uh, yeah. He, so he's yeah. He's one of your new big men. So that that he's probably one mm-hmm. of those uh, those wild cards that kind of contribute to the the that the whole um, idea of I don't know. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I was going on the diatribe about the uh, about the broadcast there, but yeah, I mean that's that's the story. I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, he's he's a beast of a man when he walks when he walks in the room. You know, he's yeah. in the room. So uh, I, I'm intrigued to see that very raw. I uh, think he just recently started playing basketball. It's not something mm. he he grew up doing. He was he was more of a soccer guy originally, born in Nigeria and played soccer. He was a kicker mm-hmm. for his high school football team, really? and also was a defensive end that got a couple of sacks a game. So I mean, he's he's athletic and he's a nice. monster. So he's really raw though. So it, that it's going to be a work in progress with him. But mm. dude, he's a great great dude too. In the time I've got to talk with him just an impressive guy to have a conversation with as well and he, he was a, a very very high academic achiever in high school as well so okay. uh, he, he's a guy I like being around no question about it great great um, the one that, and the one other thing I wanted to discuss is obviously with the with the arrival of Mike Davis because um, I'm a bit as as you know I'm a I'm a huge believer in in rivalries with mm-hmm. in, in conference rivalries um, I'm still hoping for mine between Cleveland State and Youngstown State but that, again that's a whole other episode for a whole other day <laughs> um, but one of the things that obviously has come to the fore and is is the is this rivalry between Oakland and Detroit, and right. and obviously, and of course, because of you know where Detroit has been the past couple of years, it's been pretty one sided <laughs> in yes, Oakland's favor. So, with the arrival of Mike Davis, where where does that lead this rivalry now? Now that you have, now that you obviously have Greg Campy, who's been a staple at Oakland for many years, and then you have a Mike Davis who who's been to a Final Four, and as has a resume of turning around programs, pretty in pretty short order. Yeah, it's it's if you're an Oakland fan, and, and I've said this, and I said this earlier on in, in our discussion, Mike Davis is going to make Detroit a factor. I, I'm, I'm telling you that right now. I mean, I, I can't promise you it'll be this season or even possibly next season, but they're going to be in the mix soon. I, I'm a big Mike Davis fan. Uh, we we played Texas Southern a couple of times with Oakland, so I, I've gotten a chance to to call his games and his coaching style and see what he's all about. And you know, it, it's just going to be a matter of time. So again, that that was a, in my opinion, which doesn't really mean anything, but in my opinion, that was a great great hire for Detroit and what comes along with all that with down the road, probably contending for Horizon League titles is that there's a, a, a new shot of blood into, into this rivalry. And again, as he gets things to round, they're going to be a factor for Oakland and for the rest of the Horizon League. But yeah, there'll be some fresh air uh, with the rivalry. There's no question about it because it is something where I, I, I'm even surprised at how this thing has taken off. You know this Metro Series rivalry and, and everything that goes along with it. Our our student athletes are jazzed when they play Detroit, and we've had teams that haven't been having the best of seasons. Our women's soccer team was, was really struggling uh, last year, and they got the win over Detroit, and that was the season for them. I mean that that really that really sent everybody over the top, and, and everybody was was ecstatic, and they were pumped to play that game, and it showed when they played. I mean, when you have a rival like that. And I equate it to the college football fans. If you, if you, if you have a, a true rival out there, 
that can impact your season. If you if you get that win, if things aren't going the way you want them to go, it can salvage something when you beat your rival. That's that's the level that this Oakland Detroit thing's on. I mean, it, it can supersede what's going on in your season, where if you win it, it makes you feel good, regardless of what's happening around you. And that's kind of what, and that's always kind of where I've gone with the whole rivalries. I know, uh, I know during our, our fan forum discussion, um, it was, I, you know, there was kind of a talk about kind of the measure of the rivalry being, um, you know, the, 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 the caliber of the teams, but you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's one of those games where if you have, uh, even if you're having a down year, if you beat your rival, if you beat your rival, that is going to be, that, that's that's a crowning that that's a key thing for the year, and so that's no that's yeah so that's definitely where I, where I come out on that because I because I, I know we were uh, the I mean this the, this part of it's kind of a spawn from um, one of the we had had a conversation about this whole idea of a potential um, rivalry between Northern Kentucky and Wright State. Um, mm-hmm. Which to us, kind of, which actually brings me kind of to the last thing I want to talk about is that you know you have two teams where you know, the you know with the preseason polls out uh, specifically the one that was created that was uh, presented by the Horizon League is you know that Wright State is at the top and Northern Kentucky is at the Northern Kentucky is in the uh, is was was picked second by right. in the league standing so. Um, with those two, I, I really think it's kind of interchangeable between the two. Um, you can make an argument one way or the other. Is there a potential for potentially, uh, possibly a third team to get in the mix in there? Um, maybe a UIC, maybe a Green Bay, or maybe even a surprise team that we're not, that we're not even thinking about at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would, I would say, we've all kind of been waiting on UIC to, to take that step, right? To, to take that step where they, they get in the mix, and you know that that day is going to be coming soon. And I really like their guard play. And not enough people are talking about UIC's guard play, uh, in my mind. No, I think and I look, think I think UIC's probably got the best, probably has the one of the best, if not the best, uh, backcourt in the in the conference at this point in time. Right, I really do. And, and and you look at you look at the landscape of college basketball right now. It's it's guard dominated, and even more so. Even more so at, at the mid-major level, whenever you see these teams that make a run, it's always because they got they got the point guard they can depend on, or they have the two guard that can really score it. And I, I really like what UIC has put together. And you know, Coach McLean over there with, with what they with what they have going on, it's you know it's, it's a scenario for UIC where they're 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 fin as the kids would say they're fin to be a factor pretty soon. And I, I've been waiting on that as well, and I, again, I'm a big fan of their backcourt. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's very realistic where you could see UIC kind of poke their head in there and say, "Hey, guys, I think you all forgot about us a little bit." And uh, mm-hmm. that certainly could be a scenario that plays itself out. Okay, all right, yeah, that's a yeah. I I we've been long, and it's and it's interesting when when you look at where where UIC was not even two years ago when they couldn't even win a Division One game. And right. to be them to be kind of where they are now, and you know, the, Coaching, I, I man. think, yeah, and I think that the the fact that uh, they were in what the were they in the which one were uh, postseason tournament? I can never remember. It's the CIT or the CBI. I can never remember which one they were in. I think yeah, it was the CIT. I, I, I usually have I had that stuff in front of me during a broadcast. I believe it was the CBI. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, okay, you know, let's do it. They got, but yeah, they went to, you know, they, they did really well in that. And, you know, I've always, funny enough, I always have a, uh, the, 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 those tertiary tournaments, the CBIs, the CITs of the world. I'm not a fan of those for my own various reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But with, you know, with, with UIC um, doing very well. In that, in those tournaments, um, you know, you, you see a you see kind of a kind of a foundation for them moving forward, especially since they played those in, since they played those tournament games without without Dikembe Dixon. So they were kind of already looking moving forward anyway to next year. Right. And so yeah, so when you get and so when you get and you get some additional and you got some additional uh, you know games for for that backcourt with, uh, with backcourt with Marcus Adi and Tarkus Ferguson um, mm-hmm. to do to kind of you know take that take it to the next level and um, when you're looking at it from a standpoint of the Horizon League, which is the Horizon League as we all know is a pretty guard heavy league, um, right? Is you know that it's championed by its guards. Um, that's a that's a big thing. That's a huge deal. Yeah, if you if you have the best backcourt, you always have a shot, man. That's just yep. the way it is. You know, Marcus Adi, he's he's a, he's a great player. I've gotten a chance, obviously, as you know, to to watch him up close a couple times sure. a year. And Tarkus Ferguson's been good as well. And and they're they're the team, man. They're the team I've been waiting on. To, like I said, just kind of poke their head up in there and say, hey, what's going on? And uh, yeah, I, again, going back to it, I think it's very realistic to to say to expect UIC to be in that mix too. Sure, sure. All right, well that uh that kind of wraps it up for us. Uh, so Neil, where where can we find you online and where can we hear where where we can where can everybody hear their games those who those who are kind of outside the Oakland area? Yeah, uh the iHeartRadio app. Uh search WDFN, that's our flagship station in Detroit. So WDFN 11:30 a.m. That's the radio station. Then, as you guys know, I do all the television as well for ESPN Plus, TV20 in the Detroit area. But I know I know everyone's got their ESPN subscriptions and everything fired up. They're ready for Verizon basketball. I'm ready to bring it to you guys. On my list of things to Twitter do. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I haven't got my ESPN Plus yet, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it, you know what, guys? I, I'm telling you this. And, and I know and I, and I see on the social media when, when people talk about it, ESPN Plus is the best value in television at five bucks a month especially if you if you like soccer at all you get pretty much every soccer game in the world outside of la liga uh there's there's constantly a major league baseball game on every single day there's there's at least one major league baseball game on there's an nhl game on every single day i mean you, you don't it, it's it's a it's a great value and i'm i'm, I'm telling you guys man like i'm a subscriber and I love it. And I'm saying that independently of the fact that that's where I broadcast on. I'm, I'm just saying as a sports fan, like, like the rest of you guys, a guy that just likes to watch sports, I would, I, I would get rid of everything else before I got rid of my ESPN plus. Yep. Well, well, with the way the Horizon League is set up, you can't get rid of your ESPN yet. But you can't. But you should get your ESPN Plus. And I'm, I'm, I, I've been, I've been holding off on it, even though I'm a big thirty for thirty guy, and I know they have all the thirty for thirty. So I, 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 on demand, I, brother. Oh, I, 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 I got to get off my butt and get that done. <laughs> yeah, on demand. So, if you like thirty for thirties, it's worth it right there. I am five I'm, bucks a month, and they're right there. You fire them up I'm all a the time. Thirty for thirty guy. Um, yeah. So, uh, yep. So, to, to, if you're if you're if you're following the Horizon League, 
you need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. No other reason for basketball season. So yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, all right. Well, again, thank you, Neil. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Great conversation with you today. Um, and, uh, folks, as, as always, you can, uh, find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on sportshacks.com, hax.com, and you can, uh, you can find us, uh, wherever you, uh, wherever you find podcasts, apps, um, you know, my, my, fa- my new favorite, which is Amazon, uh, my Amazon Echo device, love that. Um, and you can also, uh, look on your Google, uh, Google Home devices as well. So, uh, um, and that's it. So, uh, thank you very much for listening.